When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Welcome everybody to our first episode. Uh, lost in America. My name's Turner Sparks. And my name is Michael Kaplan. Speak louder. My name is Mr. <laughs> Kaplan. Yeah, what's up? This is our show. All right, so we're doing this. Um, we are, okay, here's the thing is I just got, I've been in America for, for two months, but I've only been in New York. Basically, I've been here for like six weeks, but in and out. And Mike and I are friends from um, a long time ago. Right, I think I, I was like six, probably fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, I was in college and apparently hanging out with high school kids. I don't. Yeah, I, hanging out. With remind me, me how I know you. <laughs> I am one hundred and fifty-five pounds now. So right. when I was fifteen, and you guys are sneaking me into bars at Syracuse University. Right. I think I was probably one hundred and twenty-five because I was running cross country. And then we were bringing you back. And then we had a hot tub in the house, and we're bringing college girls back to get in the hot tub with you. So I don't. Yay! <laughs> I don't know what was going on. <laughs> what were they doing? We should have, it should have been entrapment, and we could have just, uh... Yeah, well, in today's day and age, that wouldn't be allowed. That would not be allowed, yeah. But, um, okay, so we're doing a podcast. Yeah, here's the thing. I just got back to America. I was living in China for 12 years, and I got back to America two months ago, and this country is insane. I left in 2004 when I was 22. It's 2016. I'm 34 22 years old to 34 years old is years when everyone else, except for me and possibly Kaplan, figured out stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Figured out stuff about, like, everything in life. How to go to the bank. How to uh, get an apartment. How to, like, pay your electricity. I didn't have to do any of that in China. I'm not really sure why, but all that just seemed to be taken care of. Or I did it in China, which is completely different from doing it here. Right. You got used to the... The communist uh, way of doing things. Yeah, exactly. So now, yeah, so now I'm back here. I'm a 34-year-old. Rediscovering America. I'm a 34-year-old trapped in the mind of a 22-year-old in the body of probably still a 16-year-old. Yeah, when, you were, when you moved to China, it was like the year that Donald Trump was uh, doing his locker room talk. So a lot of <laughs> He was he, doing he, locker room he, He's matured, and you've matured. You're right. And, that you know, was when he was... That's how that's much the world has changed. That's how long ago it is. Now I'm the only one who sympathizes with Trump on right. this. He's a future president. Because and, uh, to me, that was a long time ago. Yes, exactly. You, uh, should, you should rise to his defense. I should come out in defense of Trump and be like, listen, 11, 11 12 years. That's uh, a whole, yeah. I've also grown up during those years. That's Trump good. has. He was only like, okay, so back to the topic. <laughs> um, we're going to, we, so this podcast is to talk about that. I'm now in New York City. I'm a stand-up comedian. I started doing stand-up comedy six years ago in China. I started uh, China's... Uh, there, was no, there was no stand-up comedy at all. So I started an open mic night in late 2009 that turned into a, a weekly show, which turned into me and my... Uh, this guy worked with Andy Curtin, a couple of people flying comedians over to China to do comedy. And then um, we opened a club... And now I'm living in New York as a stand-up comedian. So this podcast, and Cap, who are you? I think I'm just here because you needed another voice. And you don't know anybody else who would <laughs> no, come to Brooklyn. You don't know anyone else who would come to Brooklyn. I, Gavin's we're, here because he's the funniest person I know. 
Completely true. Who doesn't person, already have a podcast? Who doesn't already have a podcast? Every funny person has a podcast. Very so true. So I'm like the last one. Yeah. Hopefully. It was yeah. down to you and Trump. It was <laughs> and Billy Bush. And Billy Bush. Yeah. But uh, who am I? I've been living in New York for um, since around the same time when you went to China, that same year I moved to New York. Yeah, you went to Syracuse with I, my brother. Right. That's... That, Right, turn off my phone. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Man. I don't. I, okay, but here's the thing. I just. Oh, it's from my dad. Should yeah. I just talk to him? Yeah, you should put Gary Sparks on the air. No problem, Turner. We can talk tomorrow. How do I turn this phone off? I got this phone uh, yesterday. Is this our first coming <laughs> to America? First, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Uh, this is an iPhone. What is that? An iPhone five? What is that? It's an iPhone. It's like they said it was like a six and a half. I don't, it, it's not a number. It's just like an S. It's like 11, the six E or zero. something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's like the. That's like the phone that... They said it was the easiest one to hand, to manage. Right. I would get that one from like my mom. Yeah. How do I... All right, keep telling people who you are while I try to figure out how to turn <laughs> the phone off. So I, if, he's trying to figure out how to turn off an iPhone. That's, that's what we're talking about. A good happen? example of how you don't know what's going on in America. Did that work? Every... Like my... I have a four-year-old son who knows how to turn off an iPhone, and I'm not <laughs> exaggerating. You did it. Good work. All right. Um, I... Who am I? Who's, you want me to tell people who you are? You tell people, yes. I don't, I don't know how to describe myself. I'm very Kaplan modest. is, you can stop me when I'm lying, but I think this is all true. Kaplan went to Syracuse University with my brother, Tyler Sparks, my older brother. So when I was in high school, I'd go visit them. They started a group called Sour, right. which was to kick the president of the school out of the Students opposed to Ertz's regime, which Ertz was, the, was like the head of disciplinary actions. And why did you guys start that program? Well, we were really political. and uh, Well, your brother actually was political, but we started because we threw a house party and the police came. And How so much there, locker room talk at that house party? Lot, yeah. Well, essentially what happened is, is that they, um, instead of the police throwing us in jail or whatever, they turned it over to the university and the university judicial process gave us all these penalties without any sort of due process. So we were opposed to... To the, the university, saying we were ahead of our time because all the stuff going on in campuses with uh, sexual assault and everything that doesn't go to the police. So we, you know, we, <laughs> but yours we, was just a house. Party. Although maybe we're on the wrong side. Maybe we should yeah. talk about this actually. <laughs> you <laughs> but, guys were like the drunken. Well, because they, they essentially boys. said that if we threw another party, if we got any more trouble, we'd be like kicked out of school. Um, yeah, but and you, all it was was we had a party off campus. We lived off campus. It had nothing to do with the school. So if it's off campus. This what year was this? This was in uh, well, nineteen ninety nine. And so, if it was off campus, how does that shouldn't have to do anything with? Right, that was our whole point. Yeah, the universities they take over all these issues because they want to control. And do you think that if you would have, if it would have, precious little kids are treated at Syracuse, in the town of Syracuse, New York, and it's university. So, if you guys would have. Got prosecuted. If if the police would have taken over, do you think you would have been gone to jail, or you would have? Uh, you- I don't know because all I know is from TV shows and the like. When parents are out town, and you throw a party, and the police come, everyone just leaves, and that's basically big, what happened. That's what happened. I mean, yeah, everyone just true. leaves, and then you just clean up. And-, and did you guys have to? Did you get um, lawyers, or did you get to defend yourself? No, we defended ourselves. Did Tyler Sparks? The funniest, where it becomes interesting is it started to, we started to attract a following of students who agreed with us who, (laughs) but just for other issues, they had the bones to pick with this Ertz character with the way the university disciplined things. So we had all sorts of, uh, uh, I don't know how you'd put them, but we we had had a weird coalition. It was, it was a big tent. And the way it, it's a big tent. A little too big. Yeah. Uh, So then the way I remember it ending was there was a... I don't remember how it ended, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> you no, you yeah, guys were voted, like, top ten most influential people at Syracuse University. Well, your brother was, yes, because he was our, like, Che Guevara. <laughs> he was the Che Guevara yeah. of the frat party. Yeah. He would get up on step. He would, like, just get up on steps in the middle of the student union and start, like, espousing venom. At the, <laughs> so. And now he works for the United States government. Yes, now Washington, he's in the State Department. Yeah, so I don't know. He might... <laughs> So, no, but, it, it, and then who else, like, the other person was, like, influential, it was, like, Hakeem Warwick or somebody. <laughs> before. Some basketball it been, player. It, it might have been Bernie Fine. Like, Back then, he, he was considered a great man. The Sherman Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> but Eton Thomas, I think, was one of those times. That's who it was. Yes, Eton yes, Thomas. Yes. Yeah. He was a great poet. The basketball legend. So, um, that's how we met. I used to go up there and hang out with you. And then what happened? You moved to New York. Well, so, but then we... To continue how we knew each other, that summer after I graduated college, oh yeah, we hung out in Spain together. 
We did. And um, with, yeah. my, with my brother, Jeff Kaplan, who's getting married this weekend. Who's my age? Plug, yes. Plug. <laughs> Plug for the wedding, in case anyone wants to crash. <laughs> wants to Montgomeryville, Pennsylvania. Nice. Uh, and um, I just remember we went to Barcelona, and he had a... Uh, this he had this terrible ear problem, and and we were in Israel first. I, I was with Israel, my family, and my brother went to an Israeli doctor. And you, you just assume like Jewish doctors are great, but Israel and it doesn't transfer to Israeli doctors. The guy was like, <laughs> "Yes, you can get on the plane here, take these medicine." And my dad, who's a foot doctor, was like, "You should take double the medicine on the plane just to knock him out." And it was great because we got bumped at the first class, and he got knocked down. I ate his food. <laughs> Wait, why did you get bummed up first? I don't class? know. We just that was nothing to do with that. But I <laughs> ate his meal, which was a good meal at the time. But anyway, we get to Spain, and because he was taking double the whole time, he was passing it everywhere. We were going to like the Ramblas, where there's all those oh, clubs, yeah. or that by the water, or whatever it's called. And we so Jeff he would just, and I he would just fall asleep on like on a picnic table, and we would go in the club, and we'd get out, and we'd wake him up, be like, "We're going to this club," and <laughs> and he would like bleed in the hostel pillow. So then we'd turn it over, and we like got to leave this hostel two nights. So. uh you know, and then when we got back to America, his his regular doctor told him he should never have flown. He could have blown out his ears. Of death. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, so yeah, Bless Jeff him. and I were eighteen. Your brother and I were eighteen. We just graduated high school. Right. You and Tyler were twenty two. You just graduated college, and it actually wasn't a planned trip. Like we were there with my parents in Italy, and you guys were in Israel with your family, and then we both just decided, like, why don't the four of us meet up in Spain? Yeah, right. I don't, I don't know how we even figured it out without cell phones or anything. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, how we even met. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. And so then we hung out there, and then we we went to this. Um, we were in Valencia. Do you remember being in Valencia, Spain? And we went. Right. We went this like cause, so. This town was insane because you go there during the day. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's the craziest party town." So boring. And it. then you go there during the day. There's nothing to do. Everything's closed. Everything just looks like a factory that's not open, basically. Right. And so we're walking around like this town sucks. And it was like a two-hour train from Barcelona. Barcelona. We're like, that was, was cool. Everything yeah. was happening in Barcelona. Nothing's I remember happening. we went to a bullfight, and my brother fell asleep. Again of- <laughs> <laughs> As he's getting stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> the most exciting part. So then, uh, oh, I have something to say about bullfights, too. And American, American girls at bullfights. Oh. The worst. So, um, anyways, we're in Valencia, and we're walking around. There's nothing to do. And everybody's like, oh, just wait. Just wait. It gets better. It gets better. We're like, when? I don't know, like fall or like <laughs> March? When's it going to get better? And then the, the sun goes down. And when the sun goes down, like all these factories just turn into crazy dance clubs. Yeah. It's like and there was that Seinfeld episode where George, there's like he finds that underground. He's dating a model. And you go to, you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so then it's, um, yeah, and it's, as, it's like, as the sun's going down, the music's getting louder. It's like, and all of a sudden, everything, the whole town's just bumping, and people are just shoving those, like, it's like turns into Tijuana, basically. Like, people are shoving those, like, drinks down your, like, throat, and somebody's blowing a whistle. And yeah, just, everywhere like, you walk, you're, Scrambling yeah. your face, head around. And then, uh, so then we go into this club, and they're like, oh, it's free to get in. Come on, guys, free to get in. So we're all like, ah, oh, sounds great. It's free to idiots with no money. And so we go in. And we're hanging out there all night, and then it's time to leave. And when we go, like it's five a, in the morning. We're talking about five in the morning. Yeah, the morning we're ready to leave at like five or six in the morning. And uh, Tyler goes first, I think. Right? Or was it you? Uh, yeah. I think Tyler goes first, and he comes back because he's like appointed himself leader of the group. Basically, <laughs> he comes back and he goes, "Hey guys, uh, change of plans. It's twenty dollars each to leave, or like euros or whatever they were on at the time. Right? It was t- to to leave the bar. So." Uh, I found a security. It was pesos. That's how long ago the story is. It could, yeah, it could be pre euro. <laughs> it was, and he's like, he's like, I found a, um, I found a, a security exit or like a fire exit out the back. We're all well, gonna... no, actually, I think we didn't even. I think we just stormed off. Like at first, we didn't have a plan. We're just like, we're not paying that. Fuck that guy. And then we just were like wandering around, and then we just. Like, we were going to, like, charge him at first. We were like, oh, and yeah. Then, and then we saw a security exam. We're like, plan B. Yeah, we're like, this is plan Oh, great. Like, we thought we were the first people ever to think of this security exit plan, right? Yeah. And so we find the security exit. We're like, all right. Like, emergency exit. And it's yeah. still, the, the party's still going because these clubs go until, like, 11 in the morning or something. So it's, it's super loud and everyone's dancing. And we, fa- yeah, we're, the four of us huddle up next to it. And next to it, we're like, on the count of three. We just bust the door open and we start running. And we're going to, it's like Shawshank Redemption. Like, we're going to be at freedom, you know? And then Morgan Freeman was narrating over my head was, as I was running. Yeah. I don't know about you. <laughs> and so uh, 
we were like, okay, like uno, dos, tres, you know, to get into it. And uh, we all bust through the door. And instead of being daylight, it's just a hall yep. that looks like something at like a public hospital <laughs> in a third world country. Like just it those- looks like one of those halls in a movie when you know, like they show the hall to show you this is a bad this is a bad building someone oh. lives in. Like, Neon like, lights yeah. are flickering, like, on and off. There, I think there was a TV in the corner that, like, just was on the fuzzy channel. Yeah. <laughs> half fallen over. <laughs> and that's it. Except for the only thing. And it's the hall. It's, like, only about 15 feet long. And we get to the end of it, and the door is bolted locked. And we go to the – and then it's a hall. Yeah, it's a hall that leads to another door, and that door is to the actual outside, and that's bolted locked. And so we're like, and there's a homeless guy asleep in front of it. Remember that? We think homeless. We don't know. Just some guy. And then we're like, okay, well, let's go back into the club. And then we try to open that door, that lock behind us. Right. So the door that we we jumped out of shut, and it's like we were banging on it. So now we're Nobody can hear us because it's. Because it's still. Party's still going because it's crazy Spanish people. (laughs) So we think we're going to be there to like the place open. It closes it. So we just resigned ourselves to that. We're like, okay, we're stuck in this hall. It was probably like three feet wide. And 10 to, 10 to 12 feet long. That was the whole thing, right? Right. Maybe 15 feet long at most. And there's a homeless guy. It's the three of us and a homeless guy. And the homeless guy's asleep against the door that we would, not, we would like to get out of, but you can't even get out of it because it was, bolt, was it bolted shut. Yeah. And I just, he had like a good, really good cliche homeless man beard, I do remember. Yeah. I think he had like a <laughs> bottle of wine with an yeah. XXX yeah. on it or something. Classic homeless guy, right? It really was. Right out of perfect casting. Yeah, right out of the movies. And so, yeah, like right out of Blazing Saddles, like that guy in Blazing Saddles. And so so we just sit there. We're like, oh, man, like we're stuck in this hall for like 12, whatever, six more hours. And then Tyler, again, he was like, you know what? I'm going to take over. This is leadership skills. You know, this is what got him into the United States State Department. Yeah, yeah, he probably talked about this in his interview, I'm sure. This podcast could possibly get him kicked (laughs) out of that. Yeah. State Department to uh, round it off. So then he goes over. I think he found he had like a pocket knife or something, right? I, somebody had it or the homeless guy had it. I don't know where it came <laughs> Somehow over. we got a pocket knife. Pocket knife materialized. And then this the is where I'm uh, – oh, no. Okay, so then what he did is he realized there's a window in the middle of the door, like a little small window. And uh, he cut his – like painted shut, right? I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and so he took this pocket knife. In my knife, mind, he just – Cut he, the door open. He took a pocket knife and he cut out like the window could open, but it was it was closed with, with paint basically. And so he cut through all the paint, popped it open, reached his arm outside through the door, unlocked the door, and it was like, "Everybody, let's go!" And, and it was it, jailbreak. And we walked out. I in our minds, in my mind, when I walked second we got out, I, like the, the same bouncer was like somehow outside like, oh, yelling at us. And but so I have I no idea. Sprint. We were just running like it was like train spotting that scene with the like. Yeah. Or, or no. <laughs> sprinting through yeah. like Las Ramblas or wherever we were in Valencia, their version of that. I think we all ran like different, but we all ran for like 15, no, probably like 10 seconds top speed. Like, yeah. And then realized how ridiculous it was. That we, and then we all just like started walking like we were like cool. Like, oh, I, I wasn't running. Were you yeah. running? Yeah, pretty. I don't know. Was my brother there? I think he was at the hostel, probably bleeding on the pillow at the time. But it could have been the three of us. <laughs> we'll have to get him on sometime and ask. I should find out because I could maybe work this into the toast, and I'll just say he was the guy who came up with the idea. And so then, to finish this out. You moved to New York, and now what are you doing in New York? Wait, no. So you've been doing, and since you've been in New York, you've been doing. You've had the same uh, career, right? Career, yeah. Job, <laughs> whatever you call it. That's a word. That's a <laughs> wonderful word for it. Yes, I work for uh, – this is just for the people who listen to the first ever podcast. I won't repeat this information, but I work for Mr. Robert De Niro, whose best-known work has been his anti-Trump Yeah, I've never rant. heard of him. What does he do? <laughs> he did a great anti-Trump rant, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like the guy who makes the trains run on time there. <laughs> at the really De Niro have, operation? At the De Niro operation, yeah, yeah. But also it's the – So I'm going to refer to him as Bob going forward, and if you can figure out who that is, you'll – Yeah, you can keep up. You'll keep up. Yeah, so wait, but then you also, he has uh, the production company, right? You make film, he has films and stuff? Or uh, festival? Film there's, there's a Tribeca Film Festival, yes. We make festivals. And Tribeca <laughs> Film Festival. Stuff. Have you guys put out any movie? Do you guys do your own films? Or does the business? I mean, Tribeca does put out movies. <laughs> Are you uncomfortable with me both, saying both you guys? Both teams play hard. <laughs> Tribeca. <laughs> but uh, we do put out some movies, yes. There have been a, All right. a, a list. 
But anyway, so I when I came to New York, I, I lived in L.A. between these two. and I Oh, we did, hung out in L.A. We did. You started brother, a band briefly. Started, yeah, your brother had a place in San Diego, and I was trying to make, make my mark in the, in the film industry there, screenwriting and whatnot. Um, and then I left L.A. just determined to write fiction, short stories, whatever, but just not work. In the entertainment industry, I figured I would run, make some money, and you know, write on the side about life, and if it was a film, whatever it was. And then I, uh, another friend of ours, got me this job at uh, this De Niro job, and I've been with him ever since. And I don't know. So you wanted to get out? I didn't realize that. Yeah, I came to New York not to work in the film industry. Why didn't you go to like Toledo? Toledo. I mean, that's somewhere where there's no film industry. I mean, why? I think you've answered the. I want. I want to be. In a place where you can get Thai food at four in the morning. I, I apologize to, to our listeners in Toledo, yes, by the way. Yes, I don't want to bash Toledo. I've never been. <laughs> but um, I, uh, yeah, no, I came to New York and I worked, uh, you know, I, I had another career working in IT at a magazine where my main oh, yeah. technical work was I was good at um, taking the old computers and I was very good at dumping them <laughs> into a dumpster and like it was like Tetris. And I knew how to really maximize them, the, the amount of monitors. These Is that the, where you were like IT guy to the stars? Well, I was IT guy. To, <laughs> yeah. I was the IT guy to the. Uh, it was like the Fairchild. It was like a, it's part of Condé Nast now. A lot of magazines, details, Jane, women's wear. A lot of. Essentially, it was a good job because um, they paid me. A lot of times, I wasn't doing anything, but it was also a good job because the company was like all girls. That's pretty uh, good. Yeah. Other than the executives, the mailroom guys, and any guys in between were gay. So and Kaplan, I could do a lot of locker room talk with the <laughs> with the mailroom guys because the girls there were incredible. Uh, the in- I mean, you know, it was a it was a it was a fantastic operation, and I would be underneath the tables doing the computers and really, I was a young. I, I learned a lot in eleven years. Yeah, just like Trump. Pretty I've good. Grown up a lot since then. Um, and then I, I graduated. Yeah, then I. Sorry, go ahead. No, and then I, I started working part-time for Bob, and uh, eventually it morphed into full-time, and here I am. And here we are, and now he's, yeah, he's Trump's, like, number one adversary on Facebook. Yes. Right? Yes, even though he's not on Facebook. And did you have anything to do with that? I did not, know, but okay. uh, I've, I've, uh, I've been around Bob a couple times where we've done some, he's done some, gone on some anti-Trump rants and whatnot, and <laughs> I've had something to do with some of those, but not this one. Our show is called Lost America. This is our Lost in America moment of the week. That's what we're calling it for now. Lost America moment of the week. Two months ago in July, um, maybe that's three months ago now, but uh, I got married in June. We got married in China. My wife's Chinese, and I lived there for a long time. So we got married there in Suzhou, China, and then in July, we got married in Carmel, California, which you came to yes. in the United States of America, and uh, oh my, it's, it's insane. Like the amount. Okay, so here's what happens. I'll tell you about China wedding. You've been married. You're married. I am married. You, you are married. <laughs> so married. you've had a wedding. Yeah. I've had a wedding now. It's, I'll probably still be married when this airs. You have so. a daughter. She's going to have a wedding. Yes. Uh, I mean, at some point. She's very young. But she's I'm saying. two years old. So, <laughs> this will know. be coming up. Um, okay, here's what China wedding. It's like, obviously my wife did most of the planning for the China wedding. But the amount of planning, I believe, is way less than what's involved. I've been to weddings in China where people just show up and uh, like hats. I, I went to a wedding one time where the guy, it was a British guy and a Chinese girl, and the photographer was wearing a T-shirt and jean shorts, and the T-shirt was an Osama Bin Laden T-shirt. <laughs> what? And every, everyone was cool with it. They were just like, ah, whatever. Was He's the, the, did you alert the like CIA about this wedding, or was it like he was just some Chinese guy in Osama? T- I don't know if he knew what it was, or if he just like got it at I mean, the swap meet. 
I was wow. like, ah, whatever. I should have alerted your brother. They're pretty. Yeah, I should have alerted my brother. I should, or I should have just done citizen's arrest in a different. If you country. see something, say something. It's that true. should be. You know. <laughs> and so then it's yeah, the amount of stuff like they'll have a couple beers. They'll have like a couple beers on the table, bottle of wine, and then that's kind of like it. Do they know? have little hot dogs? No hot dogs. No, everyone gets it's mm. Chinese food, obviously, because it's in China. Right. Our wedding was very nice. What I'm saying is a lot of them have been to. It's just uh, everyone gets kind of the same few dishes, same few plates, 100 tables or whatever it is. There's a million people. They, you invite the whole village, you know? So everybody's there. There's probably 500 people at a wedding is not too unusual. But how much does it cost a person, you think, in China? 20 to 30 cents, <sighs> I would say. So what you need is your daughter to marry. Well, I was, gonna, I was just thinking this through in my head. Is it worth um, – like, what's the plan? Do I try to get my daughter to marry a Chinese guy? I think so. Or do I raise her in a country? Do I move the whole family and raise her in a country where the expectations are very low for the wedding? So no matter who she marries, she doesn't expect anything. That could be it. But then I was thinking, is it worth it? I'm doing the math in my head. Is it worth it to then not have little hot dogs? Because I, I just love any of it with little things <laughs> in So I might... Mini hot dogs? To, yeah, mini hot dogs. I could pay, you know, 200 grand for mini hot dogs. Did you guys have many hot... Okay, wait. So I got married in Boston um, eight years ago. I, it was... Uh, yeah, Obama, I was there. Uh, right after the election when President Obama was elected, actually. And right after the... More importantly, right after the Philadelphia Phillies won the World Series. Um, and it was a lovely wedding, beautiful view. You came in from China. And um, I had nothing to do with it. My wife did everything and, her, and my mother-in-law. But I just kept saying, just, I just want little hot dogs. Just make sure they're there. And then we get there and... They, um, they, in a Jewish wedding, they take you right after you get married and you go into a room where you're supposed to be alone together, which, because I think the Orthodox actually shtup then and uh, consummate it. <laughs> but uh, we were just really? like, yeah, I don't know. No I think that's a tradition. Way. Pretty sure. So we just were like, let's, um, I just may have made that up, but I don't know. Let's, <laughs> Jewish education. Uh, and we were just there and there's a person who's like, they'll get you what you want. What do you need? Food wise, drinks. And we're like, I'm like, just get me some little hot dogs, please. And she comes back. With regular hot dogs cut into small pieces. That's what they brought the whole time. Is that so, unacceptable? I mean, that's not a little mini hot dog. It's not a pig's <laughs> in a blanket. I really wanted to have the wedding in Noel because I just thought, this is a bad omen. That's the only thing I cared about. That was my running joke for months. And they screwed it up. So. Well, then you didn't get many hot dogs anyway. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? And right. you didn't even, so you could have it in But China. I want, you always want your kids to have a better life than you had. I guess so. So I don't want my daughter's wedding to be. I did. Lacking. I was at a friend's wedding in China, and they, um, the they had me be the minister. That's the other thing in China. It's like no one really cares. Okay, so most Chinese people, it's like fashionable now to have a wedding like what they see in movies. And what they see in movies is American weddings, hmm. right? And so the old school way of having a wedding is the, the wife wears like a red dress, red, red because it's lucky. It's lucky uh-huh. in China, like red China, you know. Oh, okay. That's why they call it red China. <laughs> and the flag's red and everything. So, red, so you wear a red dress, and then you um, – this is what we did. We did the, first, I'll tell you how we did the traditional style, right? So you, you, we were, she wears a red dress. What happens in the morning is all the guys come over to my plate where I am. You're not supposed to live together. We lived together before this. Hmm. But if you don't live together – so she went to her dad's house. I stayed in our apartment, and – um, all the guys come over to my apartment. Everyone's dressed up like a tuxedo, whatever. You sit there, you have lunch, you have a couple beers, and then somebody comes and they're like, okay, that's it. Time to go pick her up. So you walk out of the apartment and just fireworks shoot off all over the apartment <laughs> complex. <laughs> they're not even kidding. This is what happens. They're shooting like 20 feet in the, I mean, 20, like 15 stories in the air in the middle. It's like 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. It just um, you can't even see them because it's daytime, you know. So no matter who anybody gets married, this is what happens. Everyone gets married, and there's like ten thousand people in the apartment complex. So it's like rationed out in the communist way. They're like every day. That's why they couldn't have. You can only have one child per person because they just don't have fireworks for. It would be unlimited fireworks. Yeah, yeah, that was the main reason why the war zone. (laughs) And so they're shooting fifteen feet, fifteen stories in the air. But then you have the fire, like the essentially M80s all lined up in a row, connected to each other. And so it's just pop, 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 for like three minutes straight. I mean, nervous. You're getting married, and now you got like yeah. And so you come out of your apartment, and that's and then you all run into a few like limos or BMW or whatever. Some cars, like five black BMWs or something like that. And then you go through the town over to her dad's house. 
So you get to her dad's house. Her dad has a gate outside, and you pull up. The first the gate is right inside of the gate are like ten of her uncles and just old guys from the neighborhood, and they're all standing there <laughs> like, like, no security. way, we're not letting you through. Yeah, it's right. like a Monty Python. Like you're not getting through this gate. And uh, so like a, a Tyler's, like, my brother's next to me. He's like, yo, let's just kick their ass. I'm like, Tyler, that's not the tradition. Right. It's not, they're not really not going to let us through. We're not going right. to beat up her uncle. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. So, you had to beat up. He didn't know how. Instead of asking your dad's permission, <laughs> you if you actually had to beat up, him. show him you're the new man. Street Fighter too. you got to fight your way to the top. <laughs> and so, uh, so then, <laughs> just knocking out an uncle. Yeah, yeah. And so barely. what happens is you bring a bunch of cigarettes and money. <laughs> what? <laughs> I tell this the truth. And so then. It's you, like contraband? You have to, yeah. Like, you have to like, like present prison? them. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I have cigarettes. You can get me. Can you get me out of here? You put a bunch of magazines around your stomach in case they're going to stab you. They just hit the magazine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I believe you. But you do. You bring cigarettes and money, but not a lot of. Like in the old days, I think it was a lot of money. Can you bring vapors? At <laughs> I don't think they vape. They don't vape over there. Okay. And so uh, in the old days, it was a lot of money. Now it's like you know, it's like a token. It's a symbol. So it's like right. one. It's like ten RMBs. Like, like I can Venmo you some money later. I don't. Know. <laughs> It's like a dollar fifty in each in each uh, red envelope. You give them each a red envelope, but you have like, 50, like twenty of those, thirty of those, or more, right? And so you go to the uncles. You're like, ah, hey, here's some. You threw the gate. You're like, here's some cigarettes, and you're throwing some cigarettes to them. And you go, here's the money, and you're giving them all money. And they go, ah, and they start smoking the cigarettes, and they talk to each other like, they do it, and they do it to me. And then they're like, more money, more money, more money. And you got to give them more money and more cigarettes. And they smoke a couple more cigarettes. And then they're like, okay, 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 it's enough. Are you allowed to smoke with them or you just stand there? while they? You stand there and you present it to them. And you're like, ah. they blow it in your face? For the honor of your niece. Right. (laughs) And then, so then you go in. And you go in and like you go into the house. And then you go up the stairs because she's on the second floor up the stairs in her room, you know. And so... Uh, you get to the room, and then um, all the aunts are there, and then all the all the bridesmaids are inside the room, and so you knock on the, the room's locked, you know. So you knock on the door, and the bridesmaids are like, "Ah, give them a chance, give them a chance, give them a chance," which means like, "Give us money, give us money." And so you got to slide money, more this money. Is such a shakedown. It's a complete shakedown. You got to slide more money under the door, and then they're like, oh, "Okay, not enough money, more money." So you give more money, more money, and then once you get to enough money, they're like, "Okay, now sing a song," <laughs> and they're like, "So it's me and like my friends. We're all it's like my brother who's from here, a couple other friends from America, brother friend from England, Ireland. Uh, I mean, a guy yeah. from uh, Australia, and there's like one Chinese is guy that, in the group. Is that Roger there from England? No, no, oh, no. Because he's a good singer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then we start singing." Um, uh, they're like, sing us a song, like a love song. And so the only one we knew is like, he lost, you lost that love and feeling. <laughs> oh my God. So we all start singing that. And they're like, we don't know this song. Cause it's all Chinese girls. You should have sung something more like obscure. Yeah. And, like, well, it? they don't know anything. Right, right. That's why it'd be great. Yeah. And, and just, so then they're like, we don't know that. Sing a Chinese sing song. Sing like White Snake or something. They're like, sing a Chinese love song. And the only Chinese song we all knew was the Chinese national anthem. So we're like, all rise, all rise. Yeah. Well, you're full communist. That's the your country. That's a love song. Yeah. And they're like, ah, they're freaking out. So then finally they let us they're in. Taking off their tops and throwing, yeah. it up, throwing the bras at you. So they let us in. So like, fine. They let us into the room. And then she's there. And then, I don't know, she lost her shoes. So I got to go find her shoe or something. So whatever, whatever. We all get together. We get back in the car, and now we got to go back to my apartment because that's where my mom and dad are. No, oh. and so they're waiting there. Normally, it would be at the, at the husband's house, you know. And so we got to go back there because she's got to like serve tea to my mom and dad. There's a tea ceremony, <laughs> Wait, which I think you're familiar with. And so this is like two in the afternoon, and so we leave her house. So you take her with you to she go. She comes with us. Yeah, right. it's almost like we like kidnap her, but her family right. and the uncles don't come. Right, and she serves it's, tea. It's me and all my groomsmen. Does she bring a tea set, or do you have to have one ready? I think we, you have one ready. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, we, get in the, we get back in like the BMWs or whatever, the rented BMWs, whatever <laughs> they are, and we pull out of her house, her driveway, but she lives in this like, kind of like uh, just this neighborhood. You have to weave through a lot of stuff to get out. You know, There's a bunch of like street shop vendors and everything, and all of a sudden we get like close to the main road, and there's this dude, this old Chinese dude, just standing in the middle of the road. And he's like, nah, like he won't let us pass, you know? He's his hand out. He's like, stop, stop. Do you know he's part of it, or is it? 
I don't know. I think maybe he's like an uncle who got there late, but he still wants to get in on the wait, cigarettes. Right, right, right. You know? And so I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny. And he stops, and then her uncles, I think must have been like walking along or something, because a couple of them go up to the guy and talk to him. I'm like, oh, he must be in the family. And then sit, my wife's sitting next to me, and she's like, that guy is not, I don't know who that guy is. I'm like, well, and we're already late, because, you know, like weddings, it's all running late. And so she starts freaking out. She's like, we're already late. And now this guy, we don't even know him. He's standing. He's, I'm like, what's he doing? She's like, he's just, he knows it's a wedding in the neighborhood. And he's just demanding money and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't even know who we were, who anybody was. And so uh, her uncles, people get out and they're trying to like talk sense into him. And he's like, I don't think so. I live in this neighborhood. I get money and cigarettes whenever anyone gets married. This whole thing is like, it's like these uncles are like, if you're a celebrity and you marry into a family and you've got to take care of them all. Exactly. And then this guy is like somebody that came out of the woodwork, and he's like, I'm your dad. Exactly. I'm your long yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And so then she finally gets out of the car. She's like, screw this. She gets out of the car in her full wedding dress and just starts screaming at the guy, like running up to him, yelling at him. And he's like a 70-year-old dude, and he's – I'd never seen a guy more scared in my life. Like he immediately backs down. He's like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. So he jumps out of the way. Did she offer him tea? Or no? She didn't offer him anything. No, just <laughs> I don't know. I think she gave him a little locker room talk when we yeah. got out of it. All right. Good work. And so, she didn't grab him by the... No. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we get to... We drive back to my house, or our apartment, where we were both living. We get there. She serves tea to my parents. This is all pre-wedding. So then we go back. So then we go to the wedding part at the banquet... I mean, at the, at the hotel, which is really nice. And... Yeah, so there's 35 tables. The tradition is the groom has to drink a shot with every single table. A baijo which is like 45% alcohol or something. Hmm. 40% alcohol. So it's 35 shots. Of 40% alcohol? Yeah, which is impossible, right? Did you, did you do that? No, because the oh first God. thing they decided, they're You're like, a disgrace, you oh, American. because he's a foreigner, we'll let him drink a shot of beer. Because they're like... It's like a power hour now? <laughs> especially it's a power hour. So yeah, so then we did that, and then that was good. But my point in this whole thing, this is yeah, a very long get way. get to the point. My point <laughs> is that it was all like very cost effective it doesn't cost a lot of money to take a car and go hang out with uncles and give them like one dollar each you didn't have a driver you were driving no we did have a driver you had to get you had to bring cars but then it's also not expensive and then to come back and find my parents and serve them tea not not that expensive the whole thing is like not that expensive right right so then you had had no idea this whole time what the plane that was going on in america in america was insane yeah because how many american weddings had you been to because you had come in for ours but that was i've been to yours i went to my brother's I don't know anymore. Maybe no more. A, a couple more, I guess. Oh yeah, for a, a couple, probably like two or three more. But it's just like the amount of stuff you have to pick. It makes no sense. You have to pick. Like we had to pick the the. They're like, oh, what kind of cake you want? Like, okay, chocolate. Like, oh, what color frosting? I don't know. White. No, what kind of white? Like yeah. bone or olive? I don't know. And then you have to pick the holder. They're like, yeah. what kind of holder? Do you, what kind of what a mantle do you want for the cake? Oh yeah. yeah, at our wedding they were like, I mean, they were arguing about the chairs. The this, the flower. I mean, everything was just, it was every last thing. Every, Luckily, like Yaya didn't. She's pretty laid back about it because also because she didn't grow up here. She didn't grow up in America. Ah. She didn't grow up with like this American wedding being her Super Bowl, and she's the quarterback playing in the Super Bowl yeah. of life. So then it wasn't as life or death to her. She was still obviously interested and excited, but a lot of the stuff she was just like, "Well, what do you want this or that?" She's like, "Ah, okay, whatever, right. whatever." Just right. she didn't know fun. that if she she didn't know she's Dan Marino. And this is their chance. To, she didn't know this is her uh, only chance. This is their chance. Uh, Peyton Manning, your chance to finally get a ring. And yeah, exactly. It changed her legacy. Yeah. Um, so, oh, well, you know. So, so the, I've got the lesson where I'm going to move to China. It sounds awesome. I think the move is to move to China. I can't wait until uh, my son Teddy meets a Chinese girl and then they come. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to scout out some good hiding spots. And, <laughs> yeah, and so you can I'm hide. Gonna, I'm going to be a pain in the ass with that tea, though. It better be good. It better be hot. <laughs> Now let's get to the news of the day. How they do? The kids will say something like, they're like Brian Williams. They're very... They lie? My, my kids lie. I see the news of the day when I pick them up, and it's like, Mommy took a rocket ship to Florida. I'm like, what? My mother's at work right now, so... It's a... It's a, it, it gets a, it's a good, good name for a segment. I like it. All right, and then we'll have to get some music... I'll put something in for that, too. Yeah, get some good news music. Maybe Hugh Lewis in the news. Oh, all right. All right. It's good music for uh, 
An American Psycho, and it's good music for the news. All right, let's say it again so then I can drop it in. Now, get ready for the news of the day. This, also, we need to get sponsors. We'll work on that next week. Um, but uh, didn't you say your dad's orthopedic? <laughs> <laughs> He's out. You know, we're going we're gonna to take some controversial stances, and I don't think my dad's here's, okay, podiatry. Here's the first story that blew me away about America. This is insane to me, because I was watching, we're both football fans, I was watching a game on Saturday. Notre Dame, North Carolina State, in the middle of Hurricane Matthew. Hurricane Matthew, was, it was like Cuba. Where'd he go? Was it a dud though, this hurricane, or was it a real? Like, no, uh, it was a real. It hit, it hit Haiti, Cuba, Florida. Yeah, but it only matters if it's America. Like, I don't <laughs> think people care. It's Cuba, I mean, that's American doing God's work. Only yeah. Oh my God. That's how the football fan feels. That's what I'm trying to say to you. It, yeah, Hurricane Matthew. Okay, is so it Florida? But then by the time the games got around, it, right. it, was, it was in like the Carolinas. Right. It was on tour longer than I've ever been on tour as a comedian. Yeah, it was a long hurricane. It was, but it was, I was playing the funny I was getting the blow 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 but updates by friends of mine in Florida who were like checking their radar every five seconds. But oh, I, I was in. I, yeah, I, was, I want to see what was going on in the Miami game. So anyway, so North Carolina plays. Sorry, no, Notre Dame plays uh, North Carolina State. Right. And the in the middle of the hurricane, I'm watching the game, and uh, it's it's hitting. And they have at halftime. First, it's just completely covered. There's people there, and then at halftime, they have a voluntary evacuation of the stadium for everyone except the players. But that was just because of lightning. They're not getting paid to play. They're getting a free education, which means but you hit each other in the head for four years in a row, and then you get a diploma. And but and so they, but then they have but then they're not allowed to leave the stadium, but everyone else is. This is not ridiculous to you. Well, I mean, you know, these North Carolina State guys, they, they came to the school. I saw Notre Dame on the schedule. They were excited by the opportunity. This is, you never have to know this could happen. Okay. But, you know, I think what you're missing is that in America, since you've been away, you may forget. But, and you went to Miami, so you shouldn't forget this. But football, especially free football, is, <laughs> is sacred. High school and college football. Like, there's, like, Friday Night Light up, Lights episodes, I remember, where it was, like, monsooning, and they were, these kids were apparently playing. But I like how the fact that it's free – Makes it somehow less dirty. Well, they're not losing any money if about you know if yeah, but the player, wrong, the player, no one's except the players. Right, right. Well, look, the somehow Syracuse Wake Forest it... game went on as scheduled. I went to Syracuse. So and... can I read you a quote from North Carolina State tight end Pharaoh <laughs> Mc? If you can't pronounce McKeever. his name right, you... <laughs> Pharaoh McKeever. Right. Well, very also very American a name, Pharaoh. Oh, this is a game to remember. He says. I'll probably remember this until the day I die, which could have been that day. Right. Um, raining, playing in a hurricane, not knowing if we were going to play or not. I thought he was going to say live or die. Lightning delay in the locker room. for thir- They shouldn't have let him play this game. There's a lightning to get. They're in the locker room for 30 minutes. And then after the game, after the game, doing field slides in the mud. This was something to remember. I don't know. I don't think... When they did a, a voluntary evacuation, and then the announcers, I forgot, the announcers are on, they're like, well, we're going to take a little break and see if we can wait for this uh, storm to blow over. And then they show Doppler radar, and the entire state is covered by a cloud. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think this but, is blowing But they weren't in the eye. Were they really in the eye? I think they were more like in the elbow of the storm in North Carolina. I don't know. <laughs> I think the elbow And like, the I face. was flipping through the channels when this game happened, and I came upon the game. When it was already in delay, and I left it on, and I got so annoyed because I realized that I was missing other football that was on, watching like highlights, endless highlights because there was a delay going on. So I was getting screwed as a customer. <laughs> you and were paying. I guess you're paying for your. I pay for cable. Cable, and I yeah. So I don't. I think you have to see both sides. Also. Okay, well, the Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly, which is the most Notre Dame coach name of all time. Both teams turn the ball over in very d- difficult situations. Both, uh, let's see, the teams combined for five turnovers, had a total of ten fumbles, and lost four of them. 
In a sequence that captured the day perfectly, Notre Dame coughed the ball up with about 10 minutes left in the second quarter on a bad snap, only to get it right back when North Carolina State fumbled on the very next snap. Right. Why are they even playing? Did anybody die? I guess not. They're all so, alive. There you go. Okay. Next and if you story. slip and fall, you're less likely to get a concussion because it's not a good collision. So. All right. Next story. We're going to keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> okay. The North uh, East Carolina. We're going to do another football. Oh, we're game. really in a, this theme of North Carolina. We're sticking. In we're the, coming to that audience. Carolina football. East Carolina marching band booed for kneeling during the national anthem. Right. They played. They play their instruments while they were kneeling. I'm looking at the picture. It makes it sound like, yeah, they did. But actually, only three of them kneeled. The rest of them stood. It makes it seem like they all kneeled. After some members of the East Carolina Marching Band knelt during the national anthem prior to Saturday's home game against Central Florida, the band was booed when it returned to the field at Downey Stadium for halftime. Oh, so they weren't booed during the national anthem. Oh, that, yeah, because that would be... They were booed during like halftime. Throwing, it's like boomerang back on you. How do you feel about this kneeling thing? Um, I, I, I think the... I mean, people have the right to do whatever they want, but and I wouldn't boo them, but I think it's pretty silly. Like, I think it's silly. I agree. I think it's silly because I, I don't mind the kneeling if you're also, like, then doing stuff. Right. Like, I don't understand why we play the national anthem. That's a whole other topic. I find it weird. But That's true. What does that have to do with but football? People, but since we do it, it's a tradition, and it means something to military people and people who are patriotic and all that stuff. So to I don't understand what it has to do with police. Like the whole thing, it's not like to me. It's, it's a it's a weird protest. It's not the I, I don't find it as a. I mean, it's got the conversation going because the media has helped because they love the story. But I personally find it in that sense, it's good. But it does remind me of like remember when they um, the one guy shot up like uh, he shot up a church or something in somewhere in one of the Carolinas again. Right. He shot up like some guy went in and shot up <laughs> yes. a black church. That was South Carolina. And so then they, their response was to take down the Confederate flag. And everyone's like, oh, cool. Problem solved. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. shooting a black church. Doesn't have any, and nobody can... talks about the Confederate flags st- uh, before that. As a... Yeah. What does the Confederate flag have to do with guns and shooting? I mean, I, I agree that it's ridiculous. The Confederate flag was still up in South Carolina. Right. I didn't even know that. Right. But then taking it down doesn't like you can't like like wipe your hands and be like, oh, job done. Right. I and then also kneeling doesn't seem to solve. I guess it's symbolic or it's getting the conversation going. Um, but uh, all right. I don't know. Should we do next story? <laughs> I didn't know. I thought you were going to do a bit there. I, I didn't. We're still working out the kinks here. We're working out yeah, the kinks. I thought you had a cheerleader bit. A cheerleader. I had nothing. I was just looking at this picture and there's cheerleaders dancing while these guys are kneeling. Yeah. You're a very millennial. Are you getting distracted on a- no, no, I'm looking at the story. Oh, oh, I'm reading okay, the okay, story okay, okay. of the we're talking about. Okay, finally, um, we, I don't think we can end this segment without talking about the debate. Right. The that debate. was last night for us. It'll be a, like a week ago by the time you hear it. Is there another day? So this, then I, so this will be the – these hot takes we're giving you right now will be very, very, <laughs> very cold, cold. Very cold takes by the time they get to you. What did you think? Well, I mean – the debate of itself, I had a hard time watching only because I only wanted to see um, Trump just implode for entertainment purposes. But then I was like, it's sad to watch <laughs> as a debate. So I was kind of going in and out of the room. I bet money in the Giants. So I was watching the Giants-Packers game a little bit. But uh, the whole uh, locker room talk, as we keep referring to it, that whole thing, uh, my, whole, my whole take from that is um, – a, uh, not to defend Trump. I don't want to do that. But, uh, do it. Go for whatever. <laughs> I do think there's a little bit to the whole, like, people are, like, uh, like shocked that men, men, nobody, everyone is like, I don't talk that way. I don't talk that way. And it's like, it's true. You don't talk that way. Nobody's that, um, the disappointing thing and why he can never be president for many reasons. But a good example is his, um, the way, his, his style of locker room talk. There was no cleverness. There was no, uh. It was very crude and just very, you know. Well, here's what I would say is that people do say stuff like, oh, my gosh, that chick's hot. Right. Oh, I'd go. Yeah. Like, I'd go. You want to fit in. You want to. I'd go after. But no one says, I do this. Right. And no one says, I. I will do this right now. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? I've never, I've never heard somebody be like, whoa, look at that chick. She just walked by. She's hot. I'm going to go up to her right now and get, give me Tic Tacs because I'm going to kiss her. Yeah, and I I've believe never me, heard of I like to try to fit in with all the, like, you know, 
Billy Bushes. With the, all the, no, <laughs> Billy Bushes. And, you know, anytime it was like a, a plumber or a construction worker guy who I catch, you know, checking out some girl, you know, you always try to like fit in on the street. Yeah. But you don't, you don't say like run after, you go like, you know, nice ass. You don't go, hey, run after her and like assault her. That's, that's exactly. not, that's not, um, that's the difference. You know, and you don't want, like, you don't want your president to be, like, I wouldn't want my president, if like Billy Bush were, for instance, the one saying it first. I wouldn't want my president to be like, that's inappropriate. I'm going to leave this conversation because that guy would just be a dweeb. But <laughs> you don't also don't want your president to say that. You know, I don't think it's... Um... Here's what I want to happen. I want Trump to fire Mike Pence and bring in Billy Bush as his VP. Yeah, get another Bush <laughs> in the White House. Get another Bush yeah. in the White House. Like, I was trying to think of the way over here. Like, He's what... related to the Bush family, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know exactly how. but yeah. like, I'm sure there have been presidents... I'm trying to think like which presidents would have would have had you know locker room talky. I mean, but, um, obviously Clinton. Bill. Yes, obviously, but um, yeah. Like I don't think it's just you know like I don't think Thomas Jefferson you know you know even with uh, Sally Hemings would have would have been that crude. <laughs> like that's just uh, you know I think he would have been more respectful. So, um, those are my two cents. I find I, it amazing that Trump did not. He wasn't like more. Even if it was false, he wasn't more remorseful in yeah, the he's debate. he's really, like, like, I almost think he hasn't, um, in his lifetime, really been caught on things very often. Because he must have he, never. Because he's really bad at, like, uh, even trying to be a fake lie. Like, Bill Clinton, for instance, was fantastic when he went in front of, you might be too young to remember. No, 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 I remember. When he got in front of the country and said he didn't have sexual relations with that woman, I mean, everyone believed him because, like, he was very uh, Yeah, convincing. and then he was also good at, didn't he apologize later on, right? He apologized. And, and he, he always seems very remorseful. And I'm sure in private with Hillary, he's been, told her some great apologies over the years. I'm sure. He's... And, uh, yeah, he always, you know, there's a, he's, he's like, it's, it's this reason why, you know, every woman likes him. The, the, the one thing that Trump did last night that was, it was so embarrassing that he brought those women that press conference. Oh yeah, but it did on some level. It's it's always it's funny to me how women always defend Bill Clinton because he's like the ultimate cool guy president. Yeah, so he's <laughs> women like Clinton. women just ignore those stories, like every story about assault or possible. Well, also, I don't. I was only watching CNN, so I'm not sure. But I didn't see it on any networks because Trump brought in those four women. No, that was on Facebook Live, I think. Yeah, but <laughs> was... no one picked it up. Like no one went into the room and. Even like Fox News wasn't in the room covering that that press conference, were they? The press conference was we're talking about Trump and the four women who had had histories with either. I don't know. I had spent all day watching football, and then there's that gap at like seven, eight, where I have to like do stuff with the kids. So I was giving them baths and whatnot. So I missed that time of the day. I don't know, but yeah, uh, I don't think it was widely covered. But anyway, it's fascinating. Yeah, we'll have our researcher look that up for us. Sure, we'll have our intern. (laughs) And by the way, if you want to be our intern, yes, we could use. Okay, so we should do some plugs now. Let's do plugs, and including for an intern. And then yeah, we'll do the plugs. Uh, Okay, so here's the thing: I will be. I I just moved to New York. I'm doing shows at the Village Lantern on Bleecker Street pretty often. You can find me. Find my website, go to turnersparks.com. You can see all my updated dates there. But the number one date I want to plug is I'm running a monthly show now with Kung Fu Comedy. That was the name of my club in China that I started with a couple friends. That is the name of the show we're running now, the third Wednesday of every month. First one will be in November, November 16th, 8 p.m. at the Lantern on Bleecker Street in New York City. Kaplan. Kaplan I'll be there. Kaplan I'll be in the audience. There. Boom. Kaplan I'm will be committing. there. Um, we're getting some really good comedians. We have... Uh, Craig Fox on the show, Joe Schaefer, Esther Steinberg, who was just on um, Live at Gotham on whatever channel, AXN, whatever channel that's on. We have a couple big names I think I can announce next week wow. that will be on that show. We've got to get Jamie Roberts, who's been on a ton of television. Uh, but a big name that you will be familiar with as well, uh, who we're hoping to lock down uh, oh, this week. It's a secret. It's secret because it's not confirmed. It's like right, right. 90% confirmed, but I can tell you next week if we'll have it by then. Could, so, it, could it be... Should I guess some names or no? Yeah. Uh, I would say not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off. Billy Bush. No. It could be Billy Bush. All right. Because he got suspended. He needs to re- re- get his career going again. We do need. Yeah, he's he's got free time. Yeah. And um, so that'll be at the Village Lantern. You can go to Kung Fu Comedy NYC dot com to find out all that to get tickets there. And uh, yeah, I is think- it Louis C.K.? Can we say that? I can tell you it's. Unconfirmed, people... not Louis C.K. Uh, okay. I can't confirm that it's not him. 
Right. Oh, but good, good. So read, read into that what you will. It's somewhere between, on comedic level, somewhere between Louis C.K. and Billy Bush. Right. <laughs> somewhere somewhere in the middle. The homeless guy in Valencia <laughs> and Louis C.K. Kaplan, what do you want to plug? And then we'll get out of here. Uh, what do I want to plug? I'm going to be at a coffee shop writing tomorrow <laughs> in Long Island City where I live if you want to come, come by. And uh, I'm on Twitter. I, I, I might come up with a new handle at some point. You'll have to follow me there. But uh, Do you want to give your one out now or do you want to wait yeah, till the Yeah, sure. New I'll come out. Of course. I got to get, get some followers. Let's get it so up it's uh, M-I Kaplan, like the SAT course, Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N, 11. Um, <laughs> the the number 11 for Scoop Jardine's jersey number at Syracuse. <laughs> um, and that's my handle. I don't know. How, I tried changing it, but apparently. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm Turner B. Sparks. B is my middle name, Benton. Yeah, see, that's a better name. And uh, there we go. I think that is it. We were going to talk about... We've run out of time. We were going to talk. We were going to do some jokes. We'll, we'll do that next time. We'll do that yeah. next week. And I just want to apologize. You know, I'm, I'm drinking coffee here at like 9 o'clock at night because I didn't have my second cup of coffee. I'm very regulated early in the day. <laughs> so I couldn't drink alcohol right now. I have a little cold. I will be drunk next time, so it'll be Boom. better. Boom. You know? But yeah, I, I only have one beer in the fridge. There's my problem. Yeah, we couldn't split it up. He was so. polite. He didn't want to take my it's last It's rude. Time. You don't go to someone's house, drink their only beer. All right. That, my mama taught me that. We'll get great mother. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's it. We're out of here. See you next time. Peace.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.